This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. Government shall rest upon his shoulders, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor. He shall be called Mighty God. He shall be called Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Isaiah wrote this several hundred years before uh, the coming of Christ, prophesying of the coming of Jesus Christ born in a manger. But a son was given to us. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave unto us his only begotten son. But it says his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. The reason I like that word, Wonderful Counselor, is the scripture says that we have a Savior, a God, who understands our weaknesses. In other words, he sympathizes, he identifies, he feels, because he's experienced what we are faced with, with the same testing, yet he did not sin. The Bible says that we can come boldly to the throne of a gracious God, and there we will receive mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So the reason Jesus can be called Wonderful Counselor is because he's somebody that's been in your skin. He's walked where you've walked. He's felt what you've felt. He's had the pain that you have. And I would say there's nothing that any of us have went through that Jesus has not felt. And some might say, well, he wasn't married. Well, he had the bride of Christ. And even his bride um, went out on him, as we, as we hear that some do, you know. So Jesus can even understand the most painful things. But Jesus is also called a mighty God. I wanted to bring the Christmas story in a real clear reason. First of all, he was a wonderful Savior because he came as a human where he can identify with us. But he's a mighty God for three reasons. There's something that has to be taken care of with us as people. There's the sin nature, and then there's the power that the devil has over people. And then thirdly, there's the law that we have all broken. How many know the Ten Commandments? So there's three reasons. Some people may be here today and say, you know, Jesus means Savior. When they said name him Jesus, that means Savior. I know, I know a lot of people are like, well, save me from what? Why do I need to be saved? There's three things that men and women have to be saved from. We have to be saved from our sinful nature, which was given to us because of the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden. But then also we all become lawbreakers because of the Ten Commandments. They were wonderful that we had laws to abide by, but yet it brought death and condemnation to us because none of us could keep those. And then the third reason is the enemy had power over us. You may not realize it, but if you're not a Christian, the enemy or the devil has a power or a rule over us. And there's something else that Jesus broke by coming to this world as a human being and becoming the mighty God is he broke the curse of death, hell, and the grave. So we don't have to be afraid of death anymore. So he is a wonderful savior, a human being that came and he was in our skin and he sympathizes and understands. He's a mighty God that broke the sin nature. Jesus broke, as, as none of us did anything, but we acquired Adam's sin. Jesus' righteousness is the same thing. You don't do anything for it but believe. And so he, he took care of our sin nature. He took care of the law that none of us could fulfill. He fulfilled it. And in the Old Testament, if you had a debt, 
People would come and say, you owe me this, or you've offended me of this. And they would stick it on the door of your house on a nail. Well, the scripture says when Jesus came, it says he took all of the handwriting of sins and broken law that all of us committed, and he took them and he nailed them to the cross. So all of your sin, all of my sin, Jesus took it all and he nailed it to the cross. And then the scripture says that he disarmed the devil. So he's a mighty God. And the third thing is he's an everlasting father. An everlasting father. Do you know all Jesus wanted was a family? When, he, when Jesus came, God told Jesus, I want you to tell people something. I want you to go tell them who I am, and I want you to introduce me and reveal to the world that I'm a father, and I want them to be my sons and daughters. So Jesus came and said, hey, world, God wants a family, and he wants all of you to be in your family to the point where it said he sent his son, Jesus Christ, and he says, the Bible says in Hebrews that Jesus and the ones that he makes holy, and that's us, we have the same father. And the scripture says that, that when we give our heart to Jesus, that God takes his spirit, the spirit of Christ, comes into our hearts, just like Jesus had God's spirit. The spirit of God comes into your heart, and you cry out, Abba, Father. So just as Jesus had God the Father, Jesus, when you give your heart to him, he puts his spirit in you to where you become a part of an everlasting family who has an everlasting father who has an everlasting love for you. So he's wonderful counselor. He was in your skin. He knows how you, what you go through so he can counsel and help navigate your life. Number two, he's a mighty God. He broke the power of sin. He disarmed the devil, and he fulfilled all the law for you. Number three, all he wanted was a family, and all you got to do is ask him to be your dad, and he'll put his spirit into your heart. And then the third thing it says is he's the prince of peace. Brothers and sisters, the fact is, is the reason Jesus had to come to the earth is man offended God we, we are at odd we're, we're the scripture says if you don't have Jesus as your Lord and Savior that you're an enemy of him and some of you say well I, I don't I'm not an en- I don't want to be an enemy of him if we haven't received Christ we're, we're enemies of him that there, there 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 was a relationship that was broken did you guys know when, when Adam and Eve when they when they sinned in the garden did did you know that that God had to put angels in the garden of Eden to keep them out because they couldn't keep eating of the tree of life he had to hold them out a relationship had been broken well Romans says that therefore being justified justified is like a is like a judge hitting the table and says hey you got all this sin against you justified when God when the gavel hits the hits in the courtroom and and he says that you've been declared not guilty so the scripture says therefore being justified or declared not guilty through believing in Jesus Christ it says this it says now we are at peace with God Jesus is the Prince of Peace he came as a human he understands he's a wonderful counselor 
He's a mighty God that defeated death, hell, sin, and the grave. That defeated Satan in human beings' life and disarmed him. That fulfilled the law. He's an everlasting father that just wants people to be in his family so he can be an everlasting father to them. And he is the prince of peace. We can say peace with God, shalom, because Jesus made peace with God. Brothers and sisters, when you see a cross, see, everybody says God's merciful, but he's also just. So how, 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 how do you deal with both? God's merciful, but he's also a God of justice. He's both. And what our sin did is our sin had to be paid for. If you're ever out there and you've ever done something that you know is wrong, there's something in human nature that says, I got to pay for this. And there's something when you've been wrong where you're like, you're going to pay for this. You are going to pay for this. You have offended me. You've hurt me. You're going to pay. So you've got people saying you're going to pay. All right? Well, here's the other thing. And I feel this strong tonight. Many of you have done, made bad choices. I have. I've made some horrible choices in my lifetime. I've done some bad stuff. You know, Paul, Paul couldn't hardly live with himself that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament because he had stoned Stephen. He couldn't live with that. Brothers and sisters, I've got things in my past that just, oh, I wish they wouldn't have happened. And, and I've got things even probably last week I wish wouldn't happen. Anybody ever get in the car and said, oh, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Anybody ever do that besides me? <laughs> All right. Um, see, there's something in human nature where you feel like you've got to pay. You know when Jesus died on the cross, it got deathly dark in the middle of the day. And the Bible says the chastisement for our peace was upon him. So Jesus exhausted the punishment. He exhausted the justice. He exhausted the, the payment. He paid in full on that cross. All of the sins of the world were upon him. By his stripes we are healed. Our relationship with, with God is healed. He's our prince of peace. The chastisement was on him. The justice of God was satisfied and settled. You don't have to beat yourself up anymore. You don't have to make yourself pay anymore. Boy, the Holy Spirit's telling me tonight. The Holy, God is telling me that some of you torment yourself all the time. Making yourself pay for your mistakes. Tell yourself Jesus paid for it. And experience the Prince of Peace. With every head bowed and eyes closed. If you're here tonight. When I was praying about this New Year or this Christmas Eve service. This came in my heart stronger than anything that I've said. So I want you to, the reason I have you close your eyes is not to weird you out or nothing or think, boy, that's kind of strange. It's just so you can concentrate and really listen and, and, and think about some stuff. But with every head bowed and eyes closed, I want you to think about what you think the most horrible sin could be. I want you to think about what you think would just be terrible. 
I want you to think about what you think could be one of the worst things that a human being could do. All right, now listen to this. God told me this to say this today. Do you know what is worse than any sin? What is worse than anything anybody could ever do wrong? Here is the, here is the biggest sin. It's the sin of unbelief. It's not believing. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Listen to this. For God did not send Jesus into the world to be a judge or to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not condemned. You know, the worst thing that an individual could do is simply not believe. You know, the Bible says that there's nobody without excuse. In Romans, it says that, 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 that the universe and all the things we see out in the world, they all declare that there's a God, that there's a divine maker. And then it also, the Bible says that there's something inside of every human being that knows there's a God. And so God says there's nobody without excuse for not believing. I've declared myself outwardly, and I've also put something inwardly in every living being. So I ask you today, have you been not believing? Have you not been receiving? You know, there's one thing to know, and then there's another thing to believe what you know. You know, just because you go to McDonald's doesn't mean you're a hamburger. Amen? It's one thing to know, but it's another thing to believe. I would say there's not a person here that doesn't know about Jesus. But do you believe in him today? With every head bowed and eyes closed, this is between you and I. and Nobody's looking around. If you want to believe in Jesus tonight and you feel like you never have and you, you want to believe in him, you want him to be in your life, I want you to lift your hand up, and I'm going to pray with you. I promise I will not embarrass you. Lift your hand up all over this room tonight. I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand. Anybody else say, I would like to know Jesus and believe in him tonight? Anybody else? Anybody else? I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Church, if you'd pray this prayer with me, you that raised your hand, I want you to pray this with sincerity. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you tonight, and I accept you as my Savior. Break the nature of sin in my life. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for disarming the enemy. Come into my life. Put your spirit into my heart. I want you to be my father. And I want to be your daughter. And many ladies lifted their hand. I want to be your daughter. And I want to be your son. If you want to be a son, say, Jesus, come into my heart. 
Hallelujah. Every head bowed, eyes closed. How many just feel like you away from the Lord? You're not where you need to be with the Lord. Can I see your hands? You, you know him. You've received him. Amen. I see your hands. You believe, but you're just cold. You're away. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will renew these hands that went up. I pray you will renew a relationship that tonight they will leave recharged and reinvigorated and, 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 and that new life would come up inside of the hands that raised. And Lord, we thank you for the moving of your spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.